Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre studios on Boonwurrung Country, on Joy and the Community Radio Network, I'm your host, Michael Whelan, joined this episode by a very special guest co-host, Jake Neville. Welcome to Well, Well, Well. Hello, how's it going? I'm very good. Uh, now, Jake, tell us who you are and what you're doing here. Uh, I am. I work with Thorn Harbour Health as well. I am one of two digital engagement specialists. Um, so essentially, I work in health promotion uh, with Michael, and I work to support um, all the sort of different programs that we have um, in health promotion by uh, developing graphics and video content. Um, I have the capacity to do audio and web, but do not often do them. <laughs> so that's mostly sort of what I do. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, so it is your first time here on Well, Well, Well. So I thought we'd kind of get you along to kind of dip your toes in the waters and kind of see how you feel in yeah, here. Yeah, I know. It's... This is my first time. It's a bit, um, a bit nervous, <laughs> but it's fine. It's all right. We'll, we'll go easy on you. Yes, it. yes. <laughs> Uh, now, speaking of films, we are joined today by Spiro Economopoulos, Program Director of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Um, Spiro will be sharing with us some of the highlights of this year's program, the importance of queer voices and filmmaking, and some of the local and international features screening at MQFF from the 10th to the 21st of November, which is kind of part of the reason I thought it might be uh, enjoyable to have you along, Jake. Oh, how lovely. Of, Thank have, you. Have your kind of <laughs> filmmaker's brain along because you are a filmmaker outside of Thorn Harbour as well. Yes, um, which is a tough balancing act, working full-time and then also working full-time as a director, trying to uh, get a couple of short films off the ground. That's all coming up here on Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9. Michael and Jake here with Spiro from MQFF. Spiro, welcome back to Well, Well, Well. Thank you for having me on again. Always a pleasure. I think last time we spoke, we had to speak remotely, I think, because we were in the that, midst of the dark times. The dark times, uh, yes. So it is a pleasure to have you here <laughs> yeah, at person. the Joy Studios. Thank you. Um, now, we've had you on chatting about MQFF before, but for those that haven't had the pleasure of listening to your dulcet tones, tell us a little bit about yourself and the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Well, uh, so I am the program director for the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Uh, this uh, November, it's our 32nd festival. It's been going for, you know, 30, 30 odd years, which is very exciting. And it's one of the oldest, largest uh, LGBTIQ plus uh, film festivals in the Southern Hemisphere. So, um, yeah, I've been the program director for over seven years now, which is crazy. This is kind of my eighth festival. I'm including COVID. Included all. <laughs> I'm including all of it. It was and work. There's too many festivals. Like, there's, there's been a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's um, I um, my background is kind of film programming mostly. And, you know, I'm a bit of a film nerd, I guess. And uh, this is why I'm here. Terrific. <laughs> Um, has the festival changed at all in scope since last year? Obviously, things were slightly different under the various restrictions we were living under. 
Um, I noticed MQFF Plus is back in some capacity. How does that kind of fit into the scope of the festival? Yeah, look, I think the festival, I think if there has been change, it's been that continuing um, presence of uh, online. And I think that's something that not only our festival, I think lots of festivals are going to be, you know, I think grappling with and keeping for a while. I think it, it opened a Pandora's box in some way about mm. the, I guess, the accessibility of um, festivals. And there's some people that really like it, you know, that isn't just about COVID, but um, yeah, I think that's been the, the, the biggest shift and it'll be interesting to see going forward how long festivals keep that online component and what that kind of looks like as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, very handy. I'm very sadly not present for this uh, Melbourne Queer Film Festival, which makes me very sad. Um, but being able to like look at it afterwards is super handy. Like if you yeah. just can't physically mm. be present for it. Yeah. I think I think it's kind of a bit of a mixed blessing personally. I, I like I I get that and I think a mm. lot of people kind of message me and sort of really like the fact that they can watch stuff afterwards or they miss something out. But uh, you know, for me, especially MQFF, um, it's very much about that kind of communal experience mm. of sitting in a cinema, watching a film. You can do that with friends at home, but like mm. watching a film in a cinema with a bunch of queers, basically. Nothing yeah. um, beats that. There's something about it. And I think, you know, when the filmmakers make these movies, that's what they're thinking of as well. They're thinking of that mm. audience on a big screen. And yeah, I the communal experience yeah. is something to be cherished. I was yeah. watching a film recently where I was just at this part of the film and I was like, what is happening? And as I thought it, someone behind me, audibly mm-hmm. went what is happening i was like okay someone yeah. else is having the same experience mm. as me at the same time totally yeah. and you know when we've had you know guests you know over the years that have come to the festival and mm. particularly you know first time filmmakers and you know they come to acme and they see their film projected mm. at that cinema and they're like wow you know this is really exciting and it's exciting for me to see their reaction and you know for them to have that experience as well yeah now the um, the program opener, I believe, is happening at Acme, which is it Private is. Desert, mm-hmm. um, which is a Brazilian Portuguese <laughs> romance drama. How do you how do you go about selecting what is going to be your kind of opening showcase? I guess um, it kind of happens organically. I think in some ways, it it uh, you know there's a bit of trial and error. I think with this one in particular, what happened was that we you know sort of be- I was beginning to kind of see like this trend and focus which was this brazilian spotlight and so private desert felt you know like a really great place to start with that and um you know it definitely feeds into you know obviously even our closing night films brazilian there's that focus we have as well which we can talk about a bit and yeah i think private desert uh, sort of felt like the right place to start it's a really strong film um it's a really surprising movie and i think you know that's what you kind of want from a, you know for an audience mm. to be kind of surprised by a film and where it takes you basically mm. is there just a lot of strong queer content coming out of brazil is that it's incredible i think over the last you know seven plus years uh, being mm. the program director i've really noticed this um trend um, a really exciting cinema, and particularly in Brazil, where you know it's a country with which is an epidemic kind of violence towards LGBTIQ plus people, mm. particularly trans people, and it's been incredible to see how the queer filmmaking community has responded to that, how they're folding those stories within their own narratives, and how they're kind of fighting against it, and kind of you know creating really complex kind of stories, which are exciting, I think, visually, narratively, and you know, definitely. 
Um, I guess to, not to harp on about COVID, but it has changed the kind of the way that we kind of live and work, um, even now that we're in, mm. you know, a lack of restrictions. Um, now that we've got a kind of couple of years of COVID under our belt, mm. has have you noticed a change in either filmmaking techniques or the ways that films are presented mm. to, to have navigated technological stuff during COVID? I think we're out of the, uh, you know, film set in a room with two people over Zoom yeah. face, uh, which, you know, had its pleasures. And, you know, there mm-hmm. was definitely some inventive films that came out that kind of really utilised yeah. that really well. So I think you're looking at movies that are kind of opening up a little bit more mm. and th- those narratives are kind of expanding and that that focus is getting a little bit bigger. I think what's interesting is the way COVID's folded into stories now. I, mm. I would say two years ago it would be a focal point. Now there'll be a movie and someone's mm. wearing a mask. You don't think twice about it. Yeah, it's never absolutely. spoken about. You just understand the context. We, we have one film in the festival that is particularly about COVID called mm. um, Follow the Protocol, though, and that, that very directly responds to that. But um, other than that, it's sort of um, interesting how it's just kind of become the new normal. Yeah. I was watching a film uh, not too long ago and, and as you said, people were just, it was in a kind of a cinema environment in the, in the film. And there were a couple of people just dotted around wearing masks. It was very mm. clear that it wasn't part of like mm. an overarching restrictions. It was just, it's just a little piece of the backdrop that yeah. was just kind of woven yeah. through. Mm. And I think in, initially when COVID came up in films, particularly in the first stage mm. of the pandemic, when we were all traumatized, basically, yeah. it was traumatic to actually see it in films. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to see that. But now uh, it sort of happens and you're just kind of under- understand the context and we're all in a different space when it comes to COVID as well and so I think it's interesting to kind of go through that. Yeah there were a lot of things being made um, that was trying to include COVID and a lot of people were like yeah get it away from me I do not want to see it Mm. you are taking me out of the experience I do not want to be reminded of the world I'm in. (laughs) Yeah whereas you know something like follow, follow the protocol which is also part of our Brazilian spotlight is a really kind of dry, funny uh, film that's very relatable about this, you know, man who, you know, basically is trying to get laid during lockdown. And, mm. you know, the the swell of paranoia, particularly, you know, Brazil having someone, Bolsonaro, their horrific, you know, president whose response to COVID was shocking, mm. um, I think really created like a real sense of fear and anxiety about COVID and that represented in this film in a very sort of much more playful way but I, th- I really like the way that the film kind of um sort of folds it into its story mm. now you've got i think uh, 30 kind of features docos shorts as part of the the full suite of the, the <laughs> yeah. of the just, festival just through the program we've now. got the okay. program here. through the full program um 149 films just just wow. put that out there uh any in particular you'd like to kind of uh, highlight i guess um you know maybe you know the longest weekend is the the australian yeah, yeah. I mean, the longest weekend. Uh, it's our sort of, I guess we can call it a strange centerpiece. Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really lovely drama about uh, three siblings who have come together under the same roof, under sort mm-hmm. of due to kind of life circumstances, and it's kind of about them grappling with a really problematic father and their own kind of fractured relationship. And it's something that I think is really relatable. And the filmmaker Molly Haddon has made a really lovely kind of portrait of you know mm. three very different people sort of coming together and sort of helping him heal i guess and yeah it's it's a it's a really good film how gorgeous yeah uh any other standouts that you um, want to take the time to kind of yeah, shine on or, or spotlight? Sure. well um, i want to mention a movie called uh hypochondriac uh, mm. which i feel mm. you know is probably something that'd be a good thing to talk about on this show as well yeah absolutely um 
Hypochondriac is a really fantastic uh, feature debut by a filmmaker called um, Addison Hyman. Um, it's part of our queer horror sort of genre spotlight called Freak Out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we're seeing, there's a lot of great stuff coming out um, sort of that is really sort of focused on queer horror in particular. There's a documentary about queer horror sort of happening on at the moment that's on TV at the moment. And mm. it's really exciting. And, you know, queers have always been into horror. You know, we've always, we know what it's like to be the outsider or the monster or, you know, the always. other. Always. To always, always live in the shadows. Always, yeah, yeah. So it's very relatable. And a hypochondriac is this very interesting film that's about, it's a queer horror film that's also about mental illness. And uh, the film, it's a very personal story, the filmmaker um, has gone through their own mental health struggles and uh, has made a really mm. fascinating film that I can only describe as a you know queer Donnie Darko with you know a lot more blood basically that's mm. kind of the vibe and he's a big fan of Donnie Darko the director I was reading a an interesting interview with him and he really loves that film and um, there's a lot of parallels in the story that he has also gone through as well and yeah it's it's oh, interesting. Yeah, really worth checking out yeah. yeah I was reading this I haven't had a chance to watch the trailer but I was watching reading the synopsis and it was almost living in kind of like a, a relic kind of Babadook kind of world, kind of this kind of yeah, manifestation right. of trauma, mm. I guess. Yeah, and so instead of a, you know, killer bunny like Donnie Darker, we've got like mm. a, you know, killer kind of wolf mm. essentially. And I think also we don't uh, deal with uh, mental illness a lot on the screen all the time. And mm. I think it's something that I really like the forwardness of this film to kind of really put it on yeah. the sort of front foot. And I think it's, great for that as well you know and i love knowing um as well what sort of is going on in the director's life while they're making that movie because i think that it does um give like a lot of context when you're viewing as well you can see that sort of Mm. like their own sort of like trauma being displayed on that screen and it it can and does change the way Mm. you view the movie yeah and actually speaking back to COVID again is that question about you know how filmmaking's changed the filmmaker talked a lot about how that film was about to go into production and then COVID happened and they Mm. stopped, but it actually gave him a lot of time to step back and work on the script. And and so coming Mm. to it eventually, he had a... He felt like he had a much more kind of like sort of stronger movie on his hands. So that was kind of really well, that's, interesting. that's uh, what happened to me. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> With my little short film, uh, COVID got in the way and gave me extra time to... Uh, Finesse things. S- yeah, and- scrape some more money together and <laughs> get it all polished. Yeah. From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network. We are back on Joy with Spiro, Program Director of MQFF, screening the 10th to the 21st of November. Spiro, tell us about, and I'm going to butcher the title of this film, is it, is it Yura? Yeah, that's close Basically, enough. Basically, it's close enough. <laughs> Basically, that's Okay, good, I'm not yeah. going to be cancelled for, yeah. The, the Rising Forest, mm. which is rounding out the festival, which we kind of touched on earlier. Um, tell us why this particular piece bookends the festival yeah i mean look again you know a part of that that bigger brazilians focus but uh, it's a really fantastic documentary about a, a trans non-binary uh performance artist essentially who uses their art to shine a light on the sort of ongoing destruction of the amazon forest and it's very much about how this this um artist um you know inspires younger artists as well to kind of take up that mantle and fight as well so it's a really really fantastic sort of beautiful looking like really stunning and uh yeah it's just a really kind of fascinating fascinating portrait and really important story as well so i think it's a really lovely film yeah and with the opener was it did it kind of just become apparent that that 
film would bookend by virtue of, of what no, it is? No, well, you know, just a spoil. I mean, you know, revealing some of the secrets, but actually, Yara came first, and then right. <laughs> so that was yeah. like, that was pretty much early on. I was like, yes, closing night, and yeah, that correct. kind of sealed the deal, and sort of everything kind of went backwards, basically. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happens sometimes. Yeah. Do you have a a, a roundtable of fighting of no this? This program, uh, this feature needs to be the there's opener. N- but there's not too much fighting, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, now, we've spoken about some of the, the heavy hitters, obviously the openers and closers. What are some of the gems that people shouldn't look past that might be not mm. hidden in the program, but yeah. they, they might not ordinarily be drawn to? You know, there's a, a really fantastic... Uh, I'd call it maybe like an essay film documentary called Ultraviolet and the Blood Spitters Gang, which is also the best title. Uh, so 100%. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I and wish I came up with that. So good. Well, you, you haven't finished your short. Maybe oh, you I can, can rename you can, it. You can possibly it. only superseded by He Died with a Falafel in His He hand Died. Well, the, yes. Best title Close of all second. time. <laughs> um, and this is this really wonderful film where the filmmaker basically uh, found a, her mum found some letters of her mother, said to her grandmother, um, uh, that were written to this woman who and who was a lover. And so the film kind of takes place in the 20s in France, um, mostly in the sanatorium kind of, a, uh, and it's sort of about this woman's unrequited love and this group of other women that were in the sanatorium mm. with her. Um, and the filmmaker uses incredible uh, archive footage, I guess, um, mm. to make, a, you know, I guess, bring this story to life essentially. So it's this really beautiful essay film um, it's a really kind of fascinating portrait of rebellion, people kind of, you know, living outside the norms of society back mm. then. And, yeah, I, I was just really taken by it. I think it's it's excellent. Yeah. And any um, – I don't know whether we've mentioned any of the shorts specifically, any of the yeah. shorts that people can – Yeah, well, um, the one that I kind of – that really sort of sticks in my mind uh, is this really great uh, short called Troy, which is part of our comedy shorts package called Laugh Out Proud. And, boom, boom. And uh, Troy is this really fantastic movie about um, this straight couple who Mm -hmm. live next door to this gay man who has an incredibly vocal, active love and sex life. (laughs) And it's kind of about how they become quite obsessed with it and how it sort of infects Mm. their sort of relationship. It's really really funny. It's great. I Mm. I, I really kind of connected with it. I think it's really good. Yeah, and I was looking at the um, the kind of the timeline of some of the showcases, and they're mostly kind of 2019, 2020 kind of onwards, but you've got a couple of queer classics which really, really stuck with me because they're do. two of my iconic favourites. You've got, <laughs> yeah. but I'm a cheerleader, Jamie Babbitt's mm. 90s Gorgeous. classic. We love it. And also uh, Pink Flamingos as well, oh, which... The oh, best. my God. Oh, yeah. well, um, how do you go about, about picking kind of a queer classic to, to feature, and how do well, you kind of go through that Rolodex of going, now these are the ones? Well... Mostly, it's always good to try to find. I like seeing if there's been a restoration mm-hmm. or if something's having an anniversary. So it's actually amazingly the fiftieth anniversary of Pink Flamingos, which is is it really mind astonishing? A mind blowing. And you know, let me tell you, this film is as filthy as ever and as transgressive as ever. And I really love that mm. John Waters was able to tap into that. I think tap into that queer sensibility of rebelliousness and actually embracing being an outsider, you know, and I think that's something maybe we've lost a little bit as mm. well. And I really mm. love the, that, you know, I, you know, I want a lot of young queer people to, to discover this film and kind of, yeah. you know, be like John Waters. Speaking be of filthy. Be <laughs> filthy. Speaking of being in an audience altogether and the experience of that sitting with people 
in a cinema watching Pink Flamingos oh. is just that would be. It's, I've never done that. I've, I've seen never it at sat home. it. I've never seen it in a cinema. I've mm. seen it at home with my friends, and we were yeah. um, agape anyway yeah. in that setting. Uh, and then yeah. to be in a cinema with people who potentially haven't seen it. I know. Oh my god. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it still manages to kind of there are pull bits its punches. Pull its punches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you yeah. know that. Not to say too much about that ending, but that's like, wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. are other bits in there with um, yeah, chickens and so stuff. And, so, oh, my yeah. God. And, you yeah. know, Divine, of course, is an absolute is superstar. Yeah. Just an like, absolute that is superstar. A, that is the, a, the first drag race. Yeah. Drag superstar, not totally. drag race. Yeah. Pre-drag race. I- icon. Icon. Absolute yeah. icon. I was Has only just the reading best the- drag music, too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very. Yes. loves it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I was just reading the other day. Apparently, there was always planned to be a... Second, yeah. Pink Flamingos, but Divine yeah. wasn't going to participate. And then um, I think Edith Massey, Massey died not long long after, and then it just it just fell. Yeah. His, fell there's a, there's a screenplay of it, I think, that he made mm. a book out of, apparently. So, and apparently John Waters is making a new film, which is very exciting. Yes, I did hear that, uh, which I'm um, mm. very, very glad he's still kicking. He's, <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. He's yeah. the best. So, um, yeah, and actually I've got to say that Pink Flamingos, uh, for those who haven't bought tickets yet, uh, comes with a very special introduction from somebody. <gasps> uh, so I do... Whoa. Oh I my do, god! And it's not me. So, <laughs> by the way, would be an equally good I introduction. I mean, it'd be fine, yeah. but it's definitely not me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, but I'm a cheerleader. Was one of my yeah. kind of like formative yeah. queer films. I mean, Natasha Leon, yeah. Claire Duvall, yeah. o- openly heterosexual Natasha Leon, and who is a gay which, icon. Who is yeah. a gay icon? Who is a gay yeah. icon? Yeah. And Jamie Babbitt, who directed it, you know, still making you know really fantastic stuff. You know, mm. yeah, as gone into a, I think a really in, incredible career in television like you know directing episodes of girls yeah, you know, yeah, re- yeah. recently Russian doll mm-hmm. um yeah again just, with Natasha Leon yep again yeah. with Natasha Leon yeah I mean so yeah I think uh and this is the director's cut so it's got um extra I don't know whether I've seen the director's I cut know, ever, well yes yeah, so it's got extra footage in it um and uh, I think uh you know I think if this it's just a good opportunity to see it just for that mm. reason and it's a very cl- it's a very very clear sometimes overlooked clear and subversive mm. film you know Kathy Moriarty's character is kind of this mm. like um, uh, response to kind of like HIV fear because mm. she's a germaphobe yeah. and um, yeah. and the set design and costuming is just and I mean like just having RuPaul present in it yeah anyway of, the, in of itself trying to teach them how to chop wood masculinely yeah. <laughs> just yeah, perfect. Kind of, no notes. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of came at that end of '90s queer cinema. That yeah. you know, that that era in the '90s was a golden period for queer cinema. It so, obviously, yeah, absolutely, you know, it was absolutely mm. it was. Um, now, as part of the uh, festival, you've also hosted Pitch Please, which yeah. is the competition to support one lucky filmmaker with mm-hmm. you know a, a nice 10k to contribute towards making a yeah. film. Do you know if that because that happened in was that March eight? Uh, I think it was April. April? Yeah, it was April. So it was during the mini festival. Yeah. Do you know if that uh, filmmaker has either started or has completed making a film and will it be featured? submitted the film this week. Wipes the sweat off his brow. (laughs) Uh, Very relieved. So I've seen it and it's really great. So I think, uh, you know, I think Pitch Please generally is a... Something that I'm particularly proud of um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know what I've been doing at the festival, and it's just great to be, you know, as a festival to be on the other side of this where we're you know helping people mm. realize their film 
scripts and yeah. Get, yeah. Them, get them made and kind of be involved in that process. And so, you know, you come see a pitch, you know, early in the year and then by the end of the year, mm. you see this fantastic it's real thing. life creation. Yeah, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Like, I think it's great. And I think Graveyard Shift, uh, the film that won this year, this is a fantastic animated film, very diverse cast and filmmaking crew. And they're... Right. I, you know, I feel you know great that we got to support a lot of young queer filmmaking mm. artists. Yeah, you know? it's a great program. Um, yeah, definitely need more of it because it's just it's so hard to um get yes. started. Yeah. Filmmaking is a very expensive um, yeah. endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that sort of like support frameworks, even if mm. um you know we only have a couple at the moment, yeah. um, is just like so good to have. Yeah. Because it is so hard to yeah. start out. And you you were saying you went to VCA. I went to VCA as well. And back then, I think there were more avenues for young filmmakers in terms of funding, yeah. for sure. It, but it, there, a very lot hard. of that's gone now. So I think these these kind of um, programs and support networks are really important. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can definitely attest to it being <laughs> yeah. difficult. Being difficult and expensive. Uh, yeah. yeah. As everything I, is. Uh, do not do filmmaking unless you love it. <laughs> no, d- do it. A labor of love. Submit it to the festival. <laughs> yes. I don't care how you make it. Just make the damn film. Yeah. Um, now, you were talking about Hypochondriac before, which is part of the Freak Out Showcase. Uh, we've bonded before over, over mutual love oh, of horror. Yeah. Anything else in part of the Freak Out Showcase that you would yeah. like well, to highlight? Yeah, well, we have a great movie called uh, Heart Beast, uh, which is this sort of, uh, first of all, this movie just visually is incredibly mm-hmm. evocative. Like, it looks stunning. And it's a really interesting film about... Um, obsession and you know really kind of dark obsession this young woman goes to stay with her stepfather and, and sort of gets like a, a young queer woman has an infa- infatuation with uh, her stepfather's daughter and it sort of leads down this very toxic kind of path mm. but uh yeah it's really it's really good and uh, you know the freak out showcase is got some fantastic stuff in it uh, one that really it jumps out for me is a is a short called hideous Mm-hmm. And it's essentially like a music video by um, a, with uh, Oliver Sims in it, you know, the, mm. the guy from um, XX. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like an extended film around uh, one of his songs, uh, which is really, really great. Jimmy Somerville, it's, it's got all the things. I, I really liked it. So yeah, it's yeah, cool. Wonderful. Well, Spiro, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Before we let you go, where can people connect with MQFF and head along to see some stuff? Well, so we're at four venues this year. We're at um, Acme. We're at uh, mm-hmm. Cinema Nova in Carlton. We're at um, the Village Jam Factory and mm-hmm. the Pride Centre rooftop, which is yes. wild. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. but I'm a cheerleader is screening on the rooftop. Um, I have my beanbag secured. Yeah. Good, because it's <laughs> nearly sold out the last time I checked. Not mm-hmm. many tickets yeah, left. So, And our closing night film is going to be there as well so that's kind of really exciting having that new venue and uh tickets are on sale now you can get them through mqff.com.au if you've got the app Mm -hmm. download the app put tickets that way see you there fantastic thank you so much spirit for joining us here again on well 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 and we look forward to seeing you as part of mqff yeah for sure thanks so much perfect thank you this is well 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 joy 94.9 and the community radio network Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org.
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.